Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So when we meditate on his love, it makes us more loving. Automatically, God understands that. So the two things, number one, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, walk in faith. I mean, walk in love. So it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love. The two, those are two major commandments of the new covenant. How many of you got that? That's important. Okay, good. So he says now, he says, when I, when I begin to, to, um, to observe the covenant, he says, I'm going to make my way prosperous. So what I do is, watch this now, here's a, here's a, a new covenant or example of how to do this. The Bible says that Jesus is to us what, what the promised land was to them, to the children of Israel. He's our rest. Land of milk and honey is what, what they got. We got a man. And in him, he gives us everything we need. All we have to do is go and ask for what we need. That's what the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, because of our high priest. So God has given us a, a high priest in a new covenant. And, and, and so, Pastor, I don't like to pray. But, but the reason you're told to pray and the reason you should obey that is because God would never tell you to pray if he didn't understand what prayer does. You got it? He has, a, he has this understanding of how prayer works. Put on the screen for me a Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 32. This is interesting. It says, for the turning away of the simple shall do what? Come on, I lied. Do what? Read the rest of the verse. What does it say? And the prosperity of fools shall what? What's a fool? The one that says in his heart there's no God. The one that acts like God doesn't exist. The one that acts like he doesn't have to listen to what God says. The Bible calls him a fool. And the Bible says if he, if he, if he wins, it's going to kill him. If he succeeds, it's going to destroy him. He's in a situation where, watch this now, he gets what he wants, but he never gets what he needs. And so there's, I'm going to tell you what I've seen. There's a way to make a lot of money and not be able to spend it. It's true. You know, what's interesting, um, you know, and I'm using um, Michael Jackson People say, you know, um, some, some real star people, Michael Jackson went to hell. You're not God. You don't know anything about where Michael Jackson went. So we're not going to talk, talk about that, but I'm going to say this. His estate was in debt up to the weekend that he died. Estimated reports was he's $147 million in debt. He made four times that amount the weekend he died. Paid off, they paid off his, all his bills and left him a good surplus. Thing is, he was nowhere to spend it. And they're interesting. Now, what, what, when God says to you, he says, I know how, the Lord knows that good success begins on the inside. It starts with you winning the war against your wants. 
Good success starts on the inside. It begins with you winning the war against your wants and embracing his word. It begins with you understanding. Watch this now. This is going to help you. And I want you, don't, don't forget this. Don't ever forget this. Your gift is from God. Everybody say, my gift is from God. There are some things that you can do better than the average person. There are other people in your arena doing what you're doing, and they have to work hard to get it done, but for you, it comes easy. By the time I got to college, I figured it out. By the time I got to college, I didn't have to study. When I walk into most of my theology classes, I already knew it. I realized my my gift was learning. That's all I need to know. I was gifted to do it. Other people were busting their brains, and I was just going to do the test and leave. I tested out most of my classes, didn't even sit through them. It was a gift. Some of we, we have now, there's one thing to have a gift, and there's another thing to be a success. There's certain things you have to understand to succeed with your gift. And people say, Well, no, nah, man, I, I want to go out there, I want to enjoy their life. I'm going to tell you this right now there is a misnomer. You think that serving God means that you can't enjoy life. I'm here to tell you listen, I, was, I used to be high, and now I'm sober. Sober is better. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I was addicted like crazy. Listen, and, and, and it may look, you know, cool, but it, I hated to be high, but I needed to be high. And now that, that, that I'm saved and walking with the Lord, I'm going to tell you what I learned. It, to, be, to be in this state is better. You think that you know what God knows, but you don't. Watch this. I want to show you a scripture. Put up there for me Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11. The, um, this is Moses. He's getting ready to die. So he's writing this book of Deuteronomy for the children of Israel. It's a, it's a history, um, a recounting of history for them. He says, but, but, the, but that time is, but that is the time to be careful. What is he talking about? Go back up to verse eight. Let's see if we can find out what he's talking about. He's, he's, he's talking about the promised land. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapes, figs, trees, and pomegranates, of oil, of olive oil and honey. Verse nine. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where Iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your field, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Here's what he said. Beware that in your plenty you do not what? Forget the Lord your God and disobey his command. Now let me show you why when you heard disobey, you cringe because it sounds like law. It's not law. Here's what he's saying. He said, don't get to the place that because you have what you want, you think you understand what God understands. Whenever you see the words obey and, and, and disobey, he's talking about what God understands. He said, don't, he said, don't disobey his commands, don't disobey his regulations, don't disobey his decrees that I'm giving you today. That's what he told me. He says, I'm going to give you these things that God wants you to do. He says, they're based on what he understands. Don't ever forget. Don't become forgetful and don't ever think that you, I, oh God, I got it from here. He said, don't do that. And here's why. Because there's some things that God understands that you, God will tell you to do certain things. You go, well, Why? And what you don't understand is God sees some things that you can never see. Look at verse 12. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, verse 13, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else you need, when you, buy the, when you get the house, when you get the job, when you get the promotion, when you make the money, when you, when you can afford the yacht, when, when all that comes, he said, don't forget. Look at verse 14. Do not become proud. At that time, and forget the Lord your God, who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Now, here's what he, now God told us what He understands about pride. About pride, you know what He says? He said, "Pride goeth before 
a fall. Here's another thing that God reveals about his understanding. God says there's a built-in mechanism in the earth. He says it's built in that, that my presence in the earth will resist the proud. But my presence in the earth will give grace to the humble. It's not a, de- a decision that God is making every day. God's not sitting in, in, in heaven looking to see who's proud and who's not. No. In the earth, his presence in the earth, the, the laws that govern the earth says that if you're proud, resistance will find you. But if you're humble, grace will find you. Okay? Now, verse 15, it says this. Do not forget that he led you. He led you. You didn't just get it. He led you. Everybody say, he led me. Pastor, you understand my life hard? You don't know what? No, 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 no. I get it. But you need to practice thanksgiving. You, you need to change your conversation to go, although, God, I had a hard life, I'm still alive. And although I don't feel too good today, what, what I was, I'm not incurably ill. And I thank you, Lord God, that I don't have the job that I want, but I have money coming in. And we find reasons to thank him. And God, you know what? They didn't do me right. That particular person didn't do me right. But thank you for all the people around that do do me right. If you develop a mentality of thanksgiving, I'm going to tell you this right now. It will keep you where where you can continue to walk in the Lord's understanding. It says this. um, Don't forget the Lord led you to the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes. But, but it, didn't bite you. it didn't bite you until you start complaining. And the scorpions, I don't remember a time it said scorpions got him. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from a rock. Isn't that interesting? He gave you water from a rock. Look at verse 16. He fed you with manna in the wilderness of food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to do what? He did it to humble you. Watch this now. Why, why, why would he have to humble them? Because there's no way for him to get grace to you. His power, his, his favor can't be on you if you're proud. So what he do? He leads you a certain way just to humble you. Why? So he could do you good in the end. The Lord's understanding is far beyond what you, what you can fathom. It says this. To, to humble you and to test you for your own good. Everybody say for my own good. Say out loud. Say this out loud. Say it's happening to me. For my own good. Say it again. Say it's for my own good. Now, look at verse 18. This is why I want to stop right here in this verse. It says, go to verse 18. Go back to verse 17. Did I miss something? He did it. He did, okay, he did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. What you're going through right now is because God wants to make sure that once you, be, once you succeed, once you win, you can keep on winning. Once you get a taste of winning, once you get a taste of success, you can maintain it and keep it going. Not succeed, blow up, and then blow up, and then have to go down. Verse 18 says this. Remember the Lord your God. He's the one who gives you power to be what? Say with me. Say, God gives me power, the, ab- the, ab- the ability, and the influence. To be successful in order to fulfill his covenant that he confirmed with my ancestors. Now, this, this is all what I want to, to move on and, and cover. I got a couple more things. Just one more probably. I won't get to the last one. Some people go, I'm so glad. But I'm going to do the second one. God understands the need for pruning to accommodate new and greater growth. Everybody say pruning. Put John 15, verses 1 and 2. Let me tell you, everybody look at me for a minute. The, the, the tithe, 
when, when the Bible asks for tithe, and people, you know, there's a big argument about whether grace people should tithe. And, and, and every time I get to this, it's so frustrating, but I understand people don't know. So I'll say this. Anything that came, that was instituted during the law, we need to look at it closely because it could be just for the law. But tithing was in the book of Genesis. The law did not come to Exodus 20. The law was given in, in Exodus chapter 20. Um, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek in Genesis. Jacob tithed also in Genesis. So tithing was, is a law. It, it, it's a law, but it's not in, under the law of Moses. It, what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a covenant relationship between God and his, and his people about the income. Okay? And if you don't believe it, just Google Jews that tithe. It's going to blow you away. It's, it's in their Tithing is in a, a part of the Jewish community, and, and they're disproportionately wealthy. They're disproportionately successful. They have the most movie houses. They have the most, uh, um, they, they're, they're big in, in diamonds and, and jewelry. They're, they're big in the music industry. They, they, I mean, everything they do, they prosper. They have favor. Why? It's tied back to the promise that God gave to Abraham, and tithing is a part of that. When they tithe back to God, something happens to their income. It's called circumcision. It's called circumcision. I want to make a bold statement that's going to blow you away. Regardless of what happens in my income from month to month, God always makes sure that I have the money I need. No, no, no. That's not just a confession of faith. It's for real. No matter what happens in my income. I mean, any, any disaster that happens to me, any, any little thing that comes up that needs to be taken care of, God always finds a way to bring money into the situation that I didn't bank on. You know why he does that? Because I am a tither and a giver. And the reason I, and, and it's not, don't, I'm not saying he, he's obligated to me. I'm saying that I, I believe in his understanding. Look at John 15, 1. He says, I, Jesus is t- talking to him. He says, I'm the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He's the what? Gardener. Look at verse 2. Here's what it says. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. Why? So they'll do what? Okay, now, I wish I had a, I wish, uh, I had a translation of that gave me a definition of, of what pruning is. Uh, what does the message say? message could be really, really... Um, okay, he cuts off every branch of, of me that doesn't bear grapes, and every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes it back so it will bear even more. And so what, here's what God does. God would, God would take his money, put it in your paycheck or whatever income you're getting. He, puts his, he hides his money in there. And then he tells you, bring it back to me. Now, let's, let's, for understanding's sake, does God need your money? No. Think about it. God doesn't need, he doesn't need anybody's money. I mean, he's the creator of all the earth. He made the, 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 the stuff that backs up the money. He made it. He paved the streets of heaven with it. Gold is the standard and he, and he uses it for pavement. He doesn't need your money. So why would he ask you for it? He understands something that you don't. He understands the principle of pruning. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God. 
Eckhart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word UPLIFT to the number 46786. Once again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 46786. And daily, you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart, and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. We got something to say. Listen. Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Heart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey. Available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. So Pastor, I just can't afford to. And as long as you ignore the thing that He tells you to do, as long as you reject his understanding, you never have enough. When you say to God, I understand one thing. Your intent is to do me good. It's to do me good. And so there's no way in the world. And say, so, Pastor, suppose I'm wrong. What I love about God is that you could miss God, but he never miss you. You could get it wrong, but God never gets it wrong. Amen? Okay, now, so, so this is interesting. So, so we, he, he tells us, to, he says to give the people that need. Why? Because God understands. If you give the people in need, I will always give to you. He that giveth to the poor, lendeth unto God, the Bible says, and God says, I will repay you. When you have clothes that maybe you don't fit anymore, or, or you buy something, oh, I, don't, I don't like the way it fits me. Don't, sometimes don't take it back. Find someone that doesn't have there are bins set up all around the city where you could put clothes in for the, for the homeless. You see homeless people all the time. You know, I saw someone do something on social media. They had this little bag. You saw the little baggie that they made? They put like a $5 bill in there and some, some little junk food to eat. Um, I said junk food, like snack food. And they zip it up and they have a bunch of them in the car for when they see homeless people. It's a strategy to tap into God's understanding. I, ho- I hope I'm inspiring you tonight. Okay, so I want to give you one more scripture, then we go into the last part of what God understands. John, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, okay, the apostle Paul is speaking to them. He says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Read those words out loud. It is more. Come on, out loud, all together. What does it say? Say it one more time. It is 
It is more. When you study the words, here's, here's what it says. The word bless. It says God has spoken more blessing or decreed more advantages over the giver than he does over the receiver. In other words, in the exchange, when someone gives to you, okay? Like, for example, you say, I'm tired of getting to this church. This, this seems like they're building, building all this stuff. I ain't got nothing. No, no, no. Your attitude is wrong. Nothing contaminates your giving like your heart. In the exchange of giving, the Bible says when you give in any situation, here's what the Bible says. The giver is, is, on, the, is on the greater receiving end than the receiver as far as God is concerned. God said, I will do more. Your gift leaves your hand, but it never leaves your life. It's forever tied to you. It identifies with you. It, listen, it speaks on your behalf like, just like blood. I want to go to, to the next point and then we, I'll, I'll we'll be done. So God understands people. Everybody say God understands people. God understands people. He created people. So when God says forgive... He understands that it's the only way to get him involved in your situation and to heal yourself simultaneously. The only way. So watch this. Go to Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Everybody read this out loud. Let's just work out loud. We could do better on our loud. Let's get better. Ready? Loud. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say... So it's, it, it, it says, leave, the King James says, leave room for wrath. Get out of the way. God understands people. God understands people. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you what I like to do. I like to coach people in forgiveness. I'm going to give you a little trick. When someone says, especially someone that you know and love, says something to you that's just out of the way, when someone hurts your feeling, the worst thing you can do is try to hurt their feelings back. Especially if you have a relationship with them. You know why? Because nine times out of ten, and I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. The person that's talking crazy to you, they don't even know why they're doing it. Nine times out of ten, the enemy has, has, has boggled their minds, confused their soul, and something else is bothering them, and they're taking it out on you. The way to, to de-escalate the situation... It's to maintain the same posture you've always had in the relationship. And you simply say, I don't know what's going on. If I'm offended you, I'm so sorry. And you leave it alone. If they say, if they voice an offense, you did this and you did that. And you realize, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I'm so sorry. Man, forget you. Don't, that's it. It, It hurts. It cuts like a knife. Then what do you do next? You go to God and you say, I understand that you know more about people than I do. I trust your understanding. You ask me to forgive. So right now, as much of it as it hurts, I'm going to forgive them because you understand what I don't understand. You know what you're doing? You're preserving the relationship or, or, or you're opening the door for God to deal with a knucklehead that Ben needed dealing with. <laughs> but God could never find anyone to get out the way so he could deal with them. It says, leave that to the righteous. It says, don't take offense. Give, um, give me King James real fast. That's what King James says. It says, 
but rather give place unto right. Leave room for God. God, God brought that person. To, if, the, if someone you don't know, someone just trying to uh, mess over you or whatever, God could not get anybody to back off of them long enough for him to deal with them. He understands things you don't understand. When, when, when he says, watch this now, when God says love, he understands, listen to this, that people misbehave under the enemy's influence. And love is the only thing that could dismantle the defense system that the enemy set up in their hearts. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. The enemy, the enemy has them under duress, under his influence, and your love, it takes the wall down so that God can get in and deal with them. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 20. It says this, instead... If your enemies are hungry, do what? If they're thirsty, how do you know they're hungry or thirsty? I'm going to tell you how. Because God is going to make sure that the state of your enemy becomes information to you. The dumbest thing you could do is rejoice in their demise. Because in the, in the Proverbs, the Bible says that if you rejoice in the demise of your enemy, God's going to stop their demise. And it's going to come to you. So what happens is when God shows you that your enemy is in trouble, he does it to challenge you. And here's what the Bible says. If you're thirsty, you give from the drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame. On their heads. Now, different th- translation. King James says burning coals of, is this a fire? Yes. And, and, and different people, tra- and I'm not going to argue with the different translations. Go to, go to Amplify. Let's see what this says. Her, it says you heap burning coals on their head. What does the message say? The message says you, your generosity will surprise him with goodness. And you know why they translate it like that? Because there's no, there's no ironclad translation of that. We don't really know what it means. Different analogies have been given. I've given them all. I've used them all over the years. But here's what it means. Whatever system that enemy is using to keep them in the, in the state of mind that they're in, when you are good to them, when you forgive them, when you act the way God says to act towards them, in his understanding, it does something to them that changes you and changes them forever. And I'm going to tell you what I've learned. You've never sensed the presence of God like your enemy coming to you and saying, I need to talk to you. Person pulled me aside not long ago. And when they, I knew, I said, oh, God, here we go. Because all they've been is giving me a hard time. And the person pulled me aside and said, I owe you an apology. I was shocked. I've not been good to you. And I wonder why you never said anything about it. You could have gotten up in your pulpit and called my you, you, you never did anything about it. And I want you to know God dealt with me and God has been dealing with me. And I've watched you being consistent. And another thing, here's what he said. And I follow you in social media and everything. They said, here's what you start to really minister to me. Is that everything you would post is what I was going through. You were feeding me and didn't even know it. And I could not let this day pass. The fact that I saw you let me know it was God. And I had to apologize. I, I was choked up. And there are people right now that, that, that want to make it right with you. But you won't follow God's understanding. God understands. God understands. He understands people better than you do. Okay? Now, I want to end with this. Uh, uh, 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Does, it, does this help you at all? Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You've seen this. Now, people say this is, the, the new, this is grace. This is uh, Jesus is teaching them how to live in grace. That is not true. What he's doing here is showing them what the law actually required of them. He says, you have heard the law say, that the law says, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. How many know the law does say that? The law says that. The law tells you an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But you, if you live that law in a society, you're going to have a bunch of blind, toothless people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, so it says in verse 44, but I say, love your enemies. This is really what the law was intending, but now he, this is the height of the law, really. This is the height of the law. But, but we couldn't do this on the law. On the grace now, we can do this, but under the law, Jesus is saying this is what the law required, but you couldn't do it. It was too high for you. But under grace now, this is where we want you to be. I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Give me King James, because you've got to see this in the King James. But I say unto you, love your enemies. This is, this, bless them that curse you. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.